Hello, and welcome back to the Stakis Podcast, Making Adjustments, where we take a thoughtful dive into an element of culture or a current event that could benefit from a few healthy adjustments. If you're new here, Stakis is the Sexual Assault Counseling and Information Service, and we serve survivors of sexual violence, as well as their significant others in the Eastern Illinois area. It's our mission to end sexual violence in society, and we recognize the intersections of identities, and different backgrounds and experiences all contribute to a culture of violence and oppression. So while we are gearing up for Sexual Assault Awareness Month in April, um, we thought it would be good to take some time to discuss a lesser-known awareness month in March, which is Cheerleading Safety Month. Um, Obviously, when you think of Cheer Safety Month, you might think of things like concussion awareness or bodily injury from the sport itself. But today... We're going to be focusing more on the mental health aspects or common stereotypes and patriarchal cultural perceptions around cheerleaders and dancers and how that can play into rape culture. So today I'm joined by one of our interns, Rebecca. Rebecca, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. I, my name's Rebecca, like she said, and I am a current student at Eastern Illinois, majoring in psychology and minoring in health and medical humanities. I graduate in six weeks with my undergrad. Um, Fun fact, I am the youngest in my family and I have three older brothers, so it's just me. (laughs) Wow. Well, thanks for being here um, and for being willing to discuss this topic and for the work that you did in preparing. Um, So what makes you qualified to talk about this topic and what experience do you have with dancing and cheer maybe? Well, I don't have any experience with cheer, but I did start dancing when I was three years old. I was in the ballet world, um, very strict (laughs) ballet world. I also, in high school, I joined the Palms team. So I did that, which we competed at the studio I grew up dancing at. We didn't compete. We were more of a performance-based studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it, I think. Just wow. mostly just danced all three, three to 18. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I also have a bit of a dance background. Um, I was at a performance studio for about 15 years, and then I did cheerleading in high school. Um, so I found this topic really interesting. And even um, reading through some of the stereotypes and different things when you did the research, um, I wasn't that surprised because I'd seen a lot of it um, growing up. So were there any that uh, you noticed or that stuck out to you? Well, one of the ones that, at least in my experience, I didn't run into was that dancers are super competitive. Yeah. At least at my studio, we were always trying to help each other and we just Mm -hmm. wanted to have fun at dance class. It was more of a stress reliever than something that we wanted to compete with each other because especially in ballet, there is kind of that culture that you're always fighting to be the best one. Right. And so seeing that people were thought that we were super competitive. I was not, I didn't enjoy the competition <laughs> side. That's why I only competed in dance teams. So studio dance was more of just a fun place to be rather than trying to fight our way to the top, whatever the top may be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. I noticed that one. Um, and then also I noticed the, all of them are skinny or all of them don't eat. Yes. Um, we had a lot of different body types in, in my studio. Um, but I think that, you know, as far as 
maybe professional ballerinas, there's a lot of expectations that are put on them about their bodies and how they should look. Um, and that really affects uh, mental health and just someone's bodily autonomy. And obviously, eating disorders are just as real in this career as any other, um, because they're all people and this is a high pressure situation, or it can be um, like at the professional level. Mm -hmm. So one that I also saw a lot um, and that didn't surprise me was that cheerleaders and I think some dancers more like dance teams than like professional ballerinas I think but they're kind of seen um, or portrayed as being very promiscuous or having a bad reputation or maybe they're just in their sport to attract sexual attention mm -hmm. and not because they like to do it <laughs> so are there any movies or tv shows that you can think of that portray cheerleaders or dancers in that way well one that most people have seen is bring it on mm -hmm. <laughs> they as fun of a movie that is they were kind of seen as more promiscuous and kind of just wanting that attention right the skirts were very short at least at my high school the skirts that we had to yeah. wear weren't that short mm -hmm. I think in movies they kind of shorten them even more to right. kind of portray that stereotype yeah, I thought I'd bring it on too. And I think that it's, I think her name's Winnie and she had like mm -hmm. uh, blonde hair and she was kind of the like very sexual one. And even some of their like little chants at the beginning where they talked about themselves, yes. mm -hmm. those were done in a sexual manner. Um, and like you said, their costuming, they were very like tight and short. There was, I think there's the scene where they're like stretching out the girls on the quad. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's like comments are yeah. made. Um, so that's definitely a good example that like, you're right. I think a lot of people like will have seen that movie. Something that I didn't think about at first when I was trying to come up with examples, but that I thought about after, um, were how often like porn films are centered around cheerleaders mm -hmm. and dancers, because I think that's really common. And they're like literally whole fetishizations around mm -hmm. that. It can be harmful in how we view a cheerleader as a character who just wants sex or sexual attention all the time and not as a person with real emotions and needs. So I think that like that plays into their dehumanization. And as we all know, that's how we justify uh, to ourselves psychologically that it's okay to oppress people and commit acts of violence against them. That's talking a lot about like the portrayal and the stereotypes. Um, but can you think of any examples or like, have you ever heard anything um, in real life or was there anything that ever happened, not to you personally, but maybe like in the environment where you notice people being just like sexually harassed or even like looked down upon or discriminated against? Um, I know one thing that stands out to me in high school our skirts, even as dance team, we did have skirts that we wore on game days with along with the cheerleaders. So we all kind of looked similar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but our skirts weren't short, but we did have this one staircase that it wasn't one side of it didn't have a wall. Hmm. So if you were down below and you looked up, you could see people up uh, people's skirts yeah. if you really wanted to. And I remember hearing little comments like a lot of the dancers and cheerleaders we would we always said tuck and run yeah <laughs> because you'd have to tuck your skirt to try to hide yeah so people couldn't look up it and then run up the stairs as fast as you can because 
I mean, mm-hmm. it was high school and people did look up our skirts regularly yeah. or tried to, even if it wasn't on the staircase. But I remember that one particular sca- staircase that we all had to use. It was one of our main ones that was definitely something that was not great yeah. <laughs> about wearing the little stereotypical skirts to school. Mm-hmm. That's something that I didn't even think about, but I guess that that's kind of portrayed in a lot of movies too. And even movies that are just like about high school in general Mm -hmm. and not about just cheerleading or dancing. You see a lot of times like a male cheerleader lifting a girl and looking up her skirt during the lift. Man, I'm sorry that happened, but that's a really good example because I think a lot of people deal with similar things, even if it isn't like in a staircase situation. So yeah, while there are stereotypes, the effects of the stereotypes are very real And it's not like the idea of sexualizing a dancer or a cheerleader is something that only happens in a show or a movie. Real people are being sexually harassed and sometimes assaulted. Um, So I looked up and found some examples from more of the professional side of cheerleading. I know that there's several examples that I just remember hearing about as they came up in dance too with dancers being mistreated. But in 2013, cheerleaders for the Washington Redskins were taken on a publicity trip to Costa Rica. But when they got there, they were required to pose topless with team sponsors who had paid for that opportunity. And the girls weren't told about it or made aware beforehand. So they literally had nude photos of them like being sold before they were even taken. Um, And then later in that trip, they were required to go out as personal escorts for those sponsors at nightclubs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then you have, on the other hand, I also found some stories, some examples. Um, Bailey Davis was a cheerleader for the New Orleans Saints, and she was fired because she posted a picture on her Instagram that her coaches and team officials thought was too provocative. And then Kristen Ann Ware, who cheered for the Miami Dolphins, filed a report that her coaches began to harass her and discriminate against her when they learned that she was a virgin which I thought was interesting because you kind of have two opposite sides of the Mm -hmm. spectrum with those examples. But basically the message being sent to these women is that you don't have control over your bodies. We do. You can't decide if you want to post a provocative picture or have sex or not. But if we tell you to do it, you have to, or you'll be punished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all this got me thinking about where the whole um, archetype of a sexualized dancer and cheerleader came from. Um, do you know where it started? I do not. No? Um, it's not that surprising. It began with the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a whole TV show about it. There is. <laughs> so in the 60s, the team owner, Tech Schramm, had the idea to make the cowgirls um, more of like a Las Vegas showgirl style thing than a high school or collegiate version from the 50s, you know, where you would see like girls in like sweatshirts and skirts Mm -hmm. cheering and he understood that in doing that he was shifting the purpose of cheerleading from encouraging and rooting for the other team and for the the sport of it to being like sensual sideline entertainment Um, and that was his goal because he was trying to appeal to the average fan which was the heterosexual male Mm -hmm. Um, and he did that through the visual and sexual objectification of another sport that was predominantly female So I heard an interesting thing in an interview that really like hit home for me when I was doing this research where someone said that they remember in Texas growing up when this happened, 
kids always had poster of their favorite football player on the wall because they wanted to be like him athletically and professionally. Mm -hmm. But then when they had a poster of a cheerleader, it was because they wanted to be with them sexually. So (laughs) yeah, cheerleaders and dancers definitely being subjected to exploitation. Um, And much like everyone else, they aren't free from the elements of rape culture um, in society. It really is all encompassing. So another stereotype um, that I noticed in some of the articles that you sent me um, was that male dancers and cheerleaders are often stereotyped as gay. Yes. Yeah, which is, first of all, untrue. I was wondering, um, did you have any, were there any men on your dance team or did you ever dance with any I did. Um, My studio, we did not have any males. Well, there were little boys Right. In and out, but yeah. not in my classes as a teenager. But I did dance with um, one guy on my high school team, and he was gay. Mm-hmm. But um, no, that's not everyone's reality. Right. You know, I think it's more common now to see men on dance teams. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, there was, we saw the same teams when we were competing. And like at state, there was maybe 10 or 15 altogether. Right. And not all of them were gay. Yeah. Yeah. It is predominantly female. And so I think that people, because there's not many men, when they see a man um, doing cheer or dance, their patriarchal view that they have is because they're participating in a sport that is, air quotes, for women, that they're somehow demasculating themselves and that makes them gay, um, which is not true. <laughs> in my studio growing up, we had three boys Mm -hmm. who did ballet, tap, and jazz with me from the time that we were, like, three until they were in, like, freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. They did it, and they they started it because their mom put them in it. You know, they were three years old. (laughs) Um, But they continued because they started playing football, Um, and it really helped, like, for strength training with playing football. Yeah. Um, You have to be strong to be a dancer (laughs) or even a cheerleader. But I think that it doesn't make sense um, for people to stereotype all male dancers and cheerleaders as gay um, because sports don't have anything to do with your sexuality. Actually, cheerleading began as an all-male sport. It did. Um, And that was like early 1900s. This is not surprising, but women weren't allowed to participate. Yeah. (laughs) Not surprising at all. (laughs) Yeah. They um, weren't allowed to participate until 1923. Then after, I think it was like one of the world wars, um, it started to become more just women because men were away at war. And then by the 40s and 50s, it was just predominantly a female sport. Um, Yeah, but I just thought that that was interesting also and important for us to touch on. Well, thank you so much for being here today and for being willing um, to talk. Um, If any of you want to learn more about this topic, you can check out the articles that I will link in the show notes. And to learn more about SACUS, you can visit our website at www.sacus.org.